Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Jet Rails podcast. This is Robert Rand, one of the co-hosts of the podcast, and I'm here with James Danker from Trustpilot. Uh, James, you want to say hi to our crowd? Hey, Rob. Thanks for the introduction. Hope everybody's doing well, and uh, happy hump day. We are on Wednesday. And Passover. Yeah, yeah we're heading right into Passover this week. Uh, it's going to be a fun one and leading into Easter, so hopefully... Uh, you know, around the, the jet rails world, we're all focused on uh, Magento Imagine in about a month. And, um, you know, James, I, I've known you for a few years now, going back to your time at uh, .mailer, now .digital. And, you know, I wonder, could you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got into technology? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been in technology for about 10 years now. And um, it started off around 2011 um, with IBM. So as a part of IBM, I was a part of the global business service unit. So it's a bit like the road warrior consultants, which would save them in the nineties. And then my uh, client was AT&T. So a lot of, uh, um, relationships for, you know, all the telco space for wireline and wireless products. And I would be, you know, the liaison in between, uh, the, the business analyst team for IBM, as well as, you know, interacting with uh, VPs and directors with AT&T, um, managing all different types of projects, SOWs, um, front-end, back-end enhancements, the CRM and legacy systems on a Fortune you know, 500 scale. And then um, did that for about six years. And then for the past couple of years, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, you know, Robert and um, you know, really his family is <laughs> in e-commerce. And... Um, I started two years ago in the e-commerce space in the channel partnership discipline. So, you know, anything from project management, sales, marketing, um, operations, uh, customer success, account management, uh, kind of the Elmer's glue of the ecosystem of specific business. Um, that's kind of like how I sum up partnerships. So that's kind of how I came across, um, you know, working with Robert and uh, his team and, recently moving over to uh, from an email solution provider to a review solution, which is recently Trustpilot for the past uh, about eight, nine months. Yeah. So, wow, going from big blue and working with Fortune 500s, uh, you know, to, I guess, really getting to impact the little guy a little bit more, SMB and mid-market, um, certainly, you know, more growth enterprises versus uh, the old guard perhaps. Um, so that, that, that's really interesting. Um, and I guess coming from the account management and, and sales side of things into partnerships, um, that, that's always great, you know, being able to work with all these different tech companies and agencies and, um, you know, seeing the impact that you're having across the spectrum. <laughs> uh, you know, so that's, that's really cool. So, you know, I think that's going to lead us into our topic of the day, um, James, I invited you in to be able to talk a little bit more about reviews. In my agency days at, at Rand Marketing, um, online reviews were definitely a, a hot topic for a lot of our clients, and um, it's an evolving playing field. So I, I figured we could talk a little bit about where online reviews are headed and the, the change that's happening actively, and that uh, perhaps now that you're on the ground uh, with Trustpilot, that you can... Uh, you know, help us to see that past the, you know, that the hedges there and it, what's coming. So uh, why don't we start with, with talking actually a little bit about the history of online reviews and, you know, I, I'm sure 
anyone listening in is going to be familiar with, uh, you know, how online reviews might have started as a great thing, but then you start to get all your bots and spammers joining the fray. Uh, what's your um, your take on sort of how that's evolved over time and how that's impacted the review industry as it may be? Yeah, totally. Um, thanks for that overview. And obviously, to get a sense of where we're headed in 2019, it's always important to figure out, you know, the grassroots component of where we started. So, um, you know, thinking back 20 years ago, um, I think like, you know, Bill Clinton was in office back then. And um, when we're talking about reviews, um, there was really the big three that were in existence. It was uh, Deja.com, RatedAll.com, and Epinions.com. And it was a totally different landscape. And it was really just a place where people just were bashing competitors. Um, but I think that they were on to something. I mean, the proof's in the pudding, right? From a quantitative perspective, you know, um, present day, all these, you know, solutions and um, platforms have been sold off and, you know, uh, turned into something else as the evolving wheel of technology. Um, but we've noticed that uh, from an aggregated viewpoint between those three, they generated about 1.1 million reviews. So just from that perspective alone, it made me feel like they were on to something. And, you know, at the time, back in 1999, a lot of those businesses were just going online just to bash competitors. So historically, you would have, you know, business owner one and business owner two who are friends and they were trying to help each other out. Um, but it was really kind of done in a negative connotation um, as opposed to like how things have migrated into today. Um, you know, so going into this very uh, rudimentary um you know, cannibalized type of, you know, review, online review process back in uh, 1999, all the way to leveraging like machine learning and AI and natural language processing to, you know, not only disseminate between like customer reviews and product level reviews, um, but to really get into specific niches and categories and taking context of specific words within that uh, content of the review and put those in dashboards on positive and negative sentiments. That's kind of like my view of like what's happening within the review space is giving business, you know, data-driven insights from a very, um, you know, what do you want to say, uh, adolescent way of going to business back from 20 years ago till today. So hopefully that gives you some insight to, you know, what the past two decades of uh, the reviews have been. And that's really interesting that, you know, reviews do more than, you know, as, as you've described it, uh, than necessarily helping customers choose between products or vendors, but they also provide some really important feedback um, to those stores and to those manufacturers. And, you know, we're living in an age where you can't trust everything in your social media feed. You can't 
uh, trust, you know, influencers necessarily. Otherwise, you wind up at a fire festival <laughs> on some island in the Bahamas that doesn't really work out. <laughs> so, right. you know, it, it is a changing landscape and people are, are really eager um, for information they can trust. And I, I come from a marketing background for many years, uh, you know, in, in the digital agency space, helping merchants to promote their goods through Google AdWords and, you know, e-blasts, e uh, you know, drip campaigns and all sorts of things through SEO, of course. And, you know, you're always trying to come across as authentic and, uh, you know, have the influence that you're trying to have. So, you know, you mentioned both product and customer reviews, reviews of items in a store and reviews of the store itself, of the merchant themselves. Are both still considered highly relevant? Do you see both of those being really necessary in the ecosystem? Yeah, so great question. Um, I think a very standard practice, and if we're, if we're talking from a retail discipline, like with any commerce, um, a 101 virtually must have um, goal that you would want to have as a part of your tech stack is, you know, product reviews, right? So that's usually a must have, whether you're using like a Magento native or another uh, e-commerce uh, native solution. And then, then you get into the whole product levels, uh, software as a service uh, across the board. And there, it's a very competitive space. Um, and, you know, typically within that, um, those requirements, you'll get stuff like, hey, I want product attributes associated to this specific SKU. I want to be able to, you know, have uh, different SKUs by a different color, um, but I want to aggregate those different SKUs from a like a child to a parent just because it's a different color, it's the same product. And I want to be able to have those aggregation of those SKUs all associated with that parent SKU. Or, you know, another scenario like I want to embed, you know, uh, a review within, you know, uh, the customer post-purchase journey after they bought something um, on the website. So depending on, you know, what we're talking about from an e-commerce perspective, um, those are very common requirements that I've seen. And, you know, you get, you get really... Um, a wide landscape in terms of, you know, solutions out there based off of, you know, an entry level, mid market, and like an enterprise, if you want to put those things in those typical three baskets. Um, so, you know, we kind of just, Trustpilot definitely fits in the middle uh, where we can service people on the low end with, um, you know, some of our light tail options. We also have a free option. We have the meat of our business and the mid market solution in terms of our price point relative to everyone else. And then there's an enterprise solution to customize the journey um, with some added benefits there. So that covers the product side. And that's a very focused retail intense e-com discipline um, set of requirements. But then when we're talking about customer reviews, to me that, is really like the bread and butter of like online reputation of a specific business. And that categorizes into service or brand level reviews. Um, and, you know, I think just the basic strategy there, you know, is to make sure that you can leverage um, 
specific calls to actions on your websites, like for a UX UI strategy of leveraging, you know, testimonials on site next to um, a, a specific landing page to generate an email um, for a quote for maybe a mortgage company or an insurance quote for, you know, some consulting for, you know, B&H photo on what computer to purchase. Um, and leveraging testimonials on site next to those types of call to actions are like ways of generating value um, just as, uh, you know, a value would be derived off of um, product level reviews, right? In terms of helping the customer dictate what company to work with or what product to purchase. So hopefully that disseminates between the two. And what would you say? So there's value to having the reviews on the website itself, on landing pages in different ways, shapes and forms. Um, but helping people to feel comfortable and confident in making a particular purchase. Um, and in some cases, helping them to compare and, uh, you know, identify what might be better in, in their use case. Uh, how about um, before they get to the website? So, uh, you know, I know that uh, whether it's for Google Shopping ads or um, whether it's in search engine results, like in, in Google search results, that having those star ratings appear can certainly make an impact in click-through rates, uh, you know, impact the overall marketing campaigns that, uh, that some of these merchants are engaged in. Um, are, are you seeing that that's bringing a lot of value? Is one stronger than the other? Is one more common than the other? Yeah. Um, so the way that I interpreted your question is basically identifying key performance indicators of ways to accelerate traffic through the power of reviews within, you know, a Google, Yahoo, or Bing branded or non-branded search term. Would, would you say that's, that's fair? Absolutely. Spot on. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I think along that wavelength, um, syndicating reviews to different platforms is also important in terms of a multi-channel approach, which is really a standard practice and pretty much a mandatory requirement, depending on where, what discipline you sit within the technology stack of the e-commerce wheel or really even outside of that. So in terms of accelerating traffic, like let's take Trustpilot, for example, like where can we add value and return on investment? So if we're talking about, you know, search results, there's benefits of picking up real estate um, in a couple different facets. So one would be by leveraging all the con all the fresh content that's generated on trustpilot.com, all the site traffic that is already there, and all the interactions that take place on that site. We have a lot of checkboxes within some of the hosting providers' um, algorithms. And what that does, it allows Trustpilot to be typically for branded or non-branded search terms to get to the first page of search results for specific businesses that have partnerships with Trustpilot that leverage um, the solution of Trustpilot to aggregate all the reviews there. So getting to the first page of search results is huge, right? There's no question about it. It's about 78% of all clicks 
off of a search result is dictated from the first page of results. So, you know, trying to identify not only like what's right for your business, but like also trying to identify what is added value that comes with an out-of-box solution, um, you know, such as the company that I'm working for, such as one piece. Other stuff that might help you out is leveraging, you know, gold stars on organic. Um, we've seen anything from 15 to 40% on organic um, gold stars that we've basically white glove service as a part of our software. So it just injects a line of code within another set of code and it tells Google to populate that. Um, so having those so, rich snippets that using that schema, um, being able to display that, that potentially it, it can increase search engine rankings as well as, as the click-through rate, getting people to actually you know, check out the product from the website that's using a system like Trustpilot you know, versus uh, you know, some other site that doesn't have the stars showing. Right. Yeah. And then to, to elaborate on a multi-channel approach, like um, search engine marketing benefit would be like leveraging our partnership with Trustpilot with Google, Bing, and Yahoo. And what we were able to do there is syndicate reviews to their paid campaigns. So within our licensing agreement, for us being a Google partner, for example, the reviews you collect with Trustpilot will help you gain Google seller ratings and display product ratings in Google Shopping ads. So anyone that's familiar with Google seller ratings is basically gold stars on paid ads. So if you're investing money within your AdWords campaign and your PPC campaign, I definitely advise to look at the requirements of Google seller ratings, which just recently changed. So 100 verified reviews, 3.5 stars or higher um, by region, and that's 100 verified reviews within a rolling 12-month period. So if you can meet those requirements, why not leverage taking up additional real estate space on uh, search results? Well, that's not too bad. And I would imagine if someone's not doing it yet, that they could probably uh, you know, create a campaign to go back and request reviews from customers going back a number of weeks or such. Uh, in order to help jumpstart that um, and, and start uh, building up enough reviews more quickly. So, yeah, probably, totally. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, and so that brings me to the, you know, talking, I guess, about soliciting reviews because, you know, a, a lot of folks are on platforms like Magento and they may get some product reviews and such here and there. Um, but more often than not, they're probably getting reviews from people that are, maybe less happy, you know, we, we all know to some extent that people that are, that are unhappy are pretty vocal. Uh, you may have some stats on that, but, um, but in general, um, do you see, uh, you know, something different out of the, the outreach that uh, a team like, like Trustpilot includes off the shelf to be able to more proactively reach out to your customers at the right time after a purchase has been made after it's been shipped and received, let's hope, <laughs> and uh, you know, conducting that follow-up because otherwise, you know, it's it's hard to anticipate customers coming back and leaving reviews if you don't actually ask in the right moment in the right way. Yeah, yeah, identifying and customizing and knowing the customer journey 
um, after the purchase is made is obviously critical for success, right? So knowing um, how long it typically takes for your order to reach a specific destination and making sure like the segmentation in terms of the drip campaign uh, to solicit that review. Um, so for example, there's a couple different ways to collect reviews, right? You can do it within an email um, workflow. You can do that within an embedded review after you purchase it on the website, depending on how your business is structured. I mean, you, typically what we do is we take aggregated order. Let's talk about Magento, for example, any type of triggers that happen for like shipping confirmations or um, for example, and that specific, you know, um, trigger can spark a review invitation automatically from your order data within the Magento platform. And then you'll be able to leverage that through an automated email campaign that we pull our IP domain similar to MailChimp so we get better click-through rates and stay outside the spam box. Hmm. And you can do stuff like, you know, have it out of box um, in terms of just, you know, pick one, two, three, four, five stars, leave a review and hit submit. Um, or you can uh, have an on-brand experience and kind of customize how the look and feel of like the email template looks or, you know, leveraging, you know, trust palette for abandoned carts and um, that kind of stuff as well. Even pre, you know, uh, like retargeting or, um, you know, uh, abandoned mm -hmm. cart or you know, checkouts and stuff like that. So yeah. well, we, we kind of span the, the space a bit. I've historically seen um, these messages go out to shoppers more often than not through email. And I've, we know that people's email boxes are as full as they've ever been. Um, you know, may, maybe there's more auto dialers hitting them than they're used to with, with uh, spam phone calls or um, I don't know. I, I would like to think at least using, I try not to use myself as a barometer too often, but that uh, spam mail through the USPS is down a bit uh, through the years um, as people have moved to digital mediums. But have um, have you seen a push to go toward other methods of sending out re requests for reviews, like sending them through SMS or Facebook Messenger or some other tech stack, um, in order to perhaps get uh, a better uh, conversion rate of people actually? clicking and leaving a review when you want them to? Definitely. Um, you know, email's still the backbone in terms of the, you know, the digital media of leveraging, you know, uh, soliciting fresh content from your customers. Um, and click-through rates, if you're not good at email, is, you know, typical, you know, single digits, that kind of stuff for calls to actions within those emails. Um, but and we've leveraged pulling our IP domain to get the double digits, which is great. But if you're looking about customizing and, and thinking, um, you know, willing to invest a little bit more money, um, you can leverage SMS, not only with Trustpilot. Um, and usually the benefit with SMS, even though you're paying for it, you know, I've, I've seen anything from 1000 to 1500 bucks a month for you know, specific SMS plans um, in my, you know, former uh, former glory days um, but I've noticed call to action I've seen open rates over 50% consistently 
and 40% call to actions through those SMS to solicit really whatever you're looking for, whether it's reviews or um, you know loyalty or anything else. So um, if you're willing to pay, that's definitely a solid option. That's pretty interesting. Um, that, the percentage there is a little higher than I would have expected. So uh, I appreciate that information. And tell me, in terms of, uh, I suppose, looking at it, um, you know, 30,000 foot view, w- would you say that there are cases where enticing uh, consumers to leave a review is really impactful or uh, you know, just the general ask is enough. You know, is there, are there times when you almost have to give them some kind of a coupon or loyalty reward points or something else um, in order to get them to, uh, to take the action that you want? Or generally speaking, in order to give them a, a star review, you know, some quick review information, just an email is usually going to be enough. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a combination of both. You kind of have to A-B test your market to see what's most successful. But what I've noticed is um, knowing your customer base will typically dictate, you know, what that outcome would look like. But, I mean, looking at the industry as a whole, um, you know, the, the end consumer is educated like they've never been, never been before. So incentivizing them is always smart play. So leveraging like an integration we have loyalty lion to gain points um, through leaving a product review or gain points for leaving a service or brand level review about the customer experience. That's paramount, right? Um, And it really depends on not only your, your business requirements, but understanding your customer base, doing a little bit of AB testing. If you don't know your customer base to figure out what's most successful um, and then also like, you know, uh, what your tech budget looks like to see, you know, what is realistic and unrealistic for your ambitions. Interesting. And, you know, so now people are out there, they're soliciting reviews, they're doing what they've got to do to get people to leave them. What happens if they don't like the reviews that they're getting, um, whether on, on the products or, uh, which I would hope would be a signal to them that something's going on, whether things are, are being, uh, uh, broken up in shipping or, you know, whether some of their products really need a rework, <laughs> you know, need a little TLC, right. get them up to speed. But um, what happens if you start to see bad reviews, whether on a, a, a merchant or a product level? Yeah, well, I think it's a bit of a misconception and a lot of businesses are really scared of negative reviews. But Data, I'm, I'm a data-driven person, so I go off the numbers, and that's where I feel, you know, uh, a bit safer in terms of my, you know, actions and stuff like that. So let's take, let's take a customer journey uh, for a specific product, for example. Typically, we've seen about 40 to 60% of the customer's um, purchase is dictated off of the power of reviews. So it fluctuates a little bit. So that's about 50% of the customer's journey is dictated by reviews. So I feel like that number is just getting stronger and stronger. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is that with negative reviews, 15% of the customer journey is looking for a negative review 
and what the company's done to make it whole again. So if there's a negative review out there and someone has on, you know, a social media manager, a marketing manager, operations, someone from the business replies to that to make it whole again and display that in a public fashion, I'd rather see the negative review and see that experience turn um, positive again. 15% of that journey for that customer is dictated through a scenario like that. I mean, you know, going through sports as a kid, like I always remember, I always remember who finished first and second, and I always remember who finished last, right? Same thing goes for reviews. I don't really look at the twos and threes. I look at the fours and fives and the ones and twos. Mm-hmm. And that helps dictate my purchase. And then hopefully, you know, leveraging an online review strategy um, and being more in alignment with what the consumer's expectations are and not just like, you know, editing and deleting reviews just because you don't want to see a negative review out there ultimately um, shows your authenticity in the marketplace. Yeah, I guess I like to think of it sometimes as the Simpsons effect that, yeah, you're going to have a Lisa Simpson top of the class, but there's a Bart somewhere out there. And if you try to hide that, uh, it, you know, usually brings more questions than answers. So um, I I, personally, I often appreciate seeing a a little bit of what might have gone awry somewhere. Um, I always find it informative. Um, So in terms of you know, now you are going to get some of these negative reviews. What do you see merchants doing with that? Are they proactively reaching out to customers to try to make good on things? Are they uh, changing their catalogs and business processes? What's the the overall business impact? Because I'd like to think that that kind of information is crucial toward building a better, more successful long-term business. Right. So if you're not... If you're not like everybody else in the market that's just editing and deleting reviews just for the sake of it, and you're showing your true colors, um, which is why like Trustpilot has a really good brand reputation because we don't allow editing and deleting reviews, you got to deal with the negative reviews in a holistic light. So a couple questions you want to ask yourself. Did this person place an order with me? Is this a legit review? If it is, fine. Then reply to that review and try to make it whole again. If it's not, then we actually have a a quality compliance team that you can submit a ticket and then we'll go in and actively reach out to that specific person and um, allow them to validate themselves. And if they're not valid, we have the ability to remove that review off the platform. Um, I think ultimately it's, it's up to the business to, sh- to show that they mean, um, you know, they want to make sure that their customer su- their customer service is shown in a public forum. If you do it that way, um, there's really nothing to hide. And, um, you know, going through some of the checks and balances of, you know, dealing with and have a process for dealing with negative reviews will ultimately, you know, turn, um, turn more prospects into customers. And look, I appreciate real reviews. So, you know, I I never really want a merchant to be able to delete the real stuff. So I I appreciate your take on it. Um, And it even reminds me of maybe a a more brick and mortar 
you know, look at reviews, you know, organizations like the Better Business Bureau, the BBB, um, that have, you know, stood in the middle of, of consumers and, uh, and businesses and helped you get to get an idea of if a player, for instance, in the service industry um, lives up to their reputation. And from my memory of, uh, you know, the, the brand we had an A-plus with the BBB, we were, you know, similarly rated uh, at Jet Rails, um, you know, that a lot of it's just about how you handle uh, yourself when there is a problem. It's, you know, if once things go wrong in life, right? Uh, you know, so do you stand by the customer and, uh, you know, do your best to, you know, write any, uh, any mistakes or, or any issues? Um, and so I've, I've always appreciated that. Um, and, right. you know, I'll take that into, you know, talking about how other ecosystems handle things you know, obviously, a, a ton of um, of searches for product today are happening on Amazon, where you don't really know much about the sellers themselves, um, you know, from one company to another, uh, you know, who's actually fulfilling the product, and if it's exactly the same as what your last experience was could change from <laughs> minute to minute, uh, depending on who's bidding the, you know, the, the lease to sell the product, that sort of, you know, who, who's offering the product for a penny less right now. Um, but how would you say that, um, that online reviews and properly leveraging reviews um, help merchants today when they're trying to earn customers coming to their sites and not using Amazon um, and, and try to get a more curated uh, experience with, with better customer service and better net results? Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the messaging of Trustpilot is trying to like disrupt the industry of just editing and deleting reviews. And to your point on Amazon, Amazon sellers are buying fake reviews through like click farms and like, you know, third party solutions to, and flagging negative ones. And it's really all in an attempt to manipulate ratings so they can be listed on Amazon's featured seller, featured product and top sellers pages. Obviously, whether it's FBA or however they're, you know, going to the market on Amazon, it's just really just trying to get more money. And, you know, getting on those specific pages can mean hundreds of thousands of dollars. So because marketers know that, you know, um, that's the result sometimes in a very inorganic fashion. But what happens when they manipulate strategies where things are less opaque? So that's kind of like where we came in, um, yeah, I think it was about 12 years ago where we're offering consumers a window into what's happening on that manipulation of that behavior. And we're showing our cards in terms of every interaction our customers facing. So when you put your business and a technology in, in the light of the consumer, then everyone has to go and support the consumer because they're the person ultimately paying money. So there's no smoke and mirrors effect. Um, so, you know, Amazon's more of like the Amazon problem and it kind of trickled down from there. And then coming in with Trustpilot, like, you know, we came in and, and solutioned that. So um, hopefully that kind of gives you like some insight to, you know, uh, the landscape. But I wanted to make sure I answered your question. Is there anything else? Yeah, there? well, you know, and I've heard of merchants that have competitors leaving bad reviews in order to force them out of Amazon. And, you know, it's very hard to to talk to Amazon as a seller uh, in most cases. So, you know, you can really get stuck between a rock and a hard place. 
um, you know, there's lots of ways that reviews can go right and wrong. <laughs> some of these, these large landscapes where it's the Wild West in some ways. But uh, in terms of, uh, you know, being a, a consumer and trusting reviews, I mean, look, out there where there's a lot of fake reviews, I, I'd like to hope that, um, th that a lot of those landscapes in the long term, that they're that the market will speak that if people learn that they can't trust reviews in certain forums and certain websites, uh, that <laughs> they'll get a lesson eventually in it, um, for better or worse, but they'll be reactive in how the free market hopefully often works. In the meantime, though, I'll flip the tables a little bit from talking about being a merchant to talking about being a purchaser. Um, whether you're a business or whether you're an individual, you know, shop or whether you're buying, you know, retail, uh, you know, B2C or whether you're buying B2B, how do you protect yourself from being taken in by, you know, <laughs> a review farm, you know, reviews and, and other junk out there and, and highly edited reviews that don't really reflect what they should? How do you protect yourself? Yeah. Is, is there something that a consumer can do to to know when they're looking at bad reviews or when they're looking at good, is there any tool out there or is or, are there some telltale signs? I mean, other than when you just see pure five star across the board and never ever a bad word about anyone or anything, which yeah, I mean that, that's, that's the one hundred one. If you're looking at a big you know farm review that someone basically paid for, is all you're seeing is positive reviews, and I'll give you. I'll give you a scenario to um, kind of wrap up with is, so I bought um, some Apple earpods, but they're OEM, right? And I looked on Amazon, so I, I didn't want to spend 200 bucks on headphones. So went on the site, went on Amazon, found the OEM, it was like 80 bucks, looked, looked the same, everything you know checked out in terms of the reviews, but it was all four or five stars, so I was a little skeptical, so it was on Amazon, right? So I went and took the specific uh, product SKU and then I went on Instagram and a couple different channels and I found that specific SKU being, you know, um, sponsored through, you know, whether it was retargeting, affiliate marketing, whatever, when I went on Amazon, I'm sorry, Instagram. And I actually found a Trustpilot review. So on Amazon, it was like 4.8 stars and then I found uh, the review for um, that same exact skew through that retargeting effort um, with uh, a Trustpilot score of 2.4 stars. So it kind of shows you just by looking through different digital mediums, uh, the authenticity of the, uh, the reviews that you see on Behemoth like Amazon. So 101, anything just four or five stars, be skeptical about it, check through different mediums. If you want a consumer-based platform, you can go to trustpilot.com and search the company to see like how they operate as a business. Um, and then we also have product reviews out on the specific merchant site, which is obviously SEO um, enabled or crawlable by Google. So, you know, do your research, check a couple different things for the same product and making sure that things are transparent before you purchase. And, you know, Talking a little bit more about the future, uh, you mentioned earlier one of your integrations when it came to reviews, and I know that we've talked a little bit today uh, about using certain marketing technology stacks to send out emails and messages 
uh, to collect reviews. Anything that you've seen interesting popping up in terms of other integrations and connections with other systems? I mean, obviously, you're going to continue to, to work hard to connect a, a trust pilot with uh, different e-commerce softwares and, and uh, systems of that nature. But when it comes to social media analytics, uh, you know, various other systems, anything that's been, <laughs> you know, really grabbing your eye? Um, I think like it goes back to the beginning of our conversation for, you know, machine learning and data driven insights and like what's coming next and through our data scientists and trust pilot, identifying specific words by vertical within the content of the review that we pull through, you know, natural language processing and machine learning and dump that into a sentiment score that tells you what's positive or negative. Giving those data-driven insights is paramount in terms of making business decisions about your product or customer service or experience. And then the other layer would be, um, you know, just tying into the latest and greatest in terms of platform, uh, specific integrations. So we're rolling out, you know, last year was Loyalty Lion and leveraging, you know, points and stuff like that. Um, and then... Uh, from a Magento perspective, you know, we do have drag and drop feature set functionality. So you can have testimonials on site, just dragged and drop within your Magento store without even touching a single line of code. And it only takes two clicks to connect. So um, my messaging is ease of use. And then based off of your business requirements, like how can we tie into that a specific vertical, like loyalty line, for example, or, um, what's the next step of reviews, right? By those review insights on that, you know, uh, the data insights about the content of the review and putting that in the dashboard for you. So that's kind of like where things are headed, not only with Trustpilot, but as the industry as a whole. Um, and that's kind of uh, what I'm excited about in terms of helping businesses, you know, um, learn more about their customers. Awesome. Well, I think we've covered just about anything that anyone's going to want to know uh, about reviews. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have you on in the future. and <laughs> We'll get to hear an update and um, see just how fast the technology is evolving. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join today and, um, you know, look forward to, uh, you know, to <laughs> doing some great work with the Trustpilot team in the near future. So thanks all. And we look forward to you tuning in to our next podcast.